0: On Roar, I share real talks with top executives, thought leaders, luminaries, authors, and entrepreneurs who are passionate about building the next generation of inspired, empowered, game-changing leaders. Are you ready to fear less and move into your dream life? Let's Roar. Welcome to Roar. I'm your host, Lakeisha Gunter. So what do I mean by Roar? The beauty of ROAR is that it's both an acronym. The acronym stands for Reflection, Opportunity, Action, and Relationships, and it's an action. We're all born with it, a hidden power inside of us. It is a fire that is often suppressed by fear. That power is your ROAR, and it's waiting to be unleashed. You know, it's been said that you'll never know what someone has gone through until you walk a mile in their shoes. You can find so much inspiration from another person's journey to overcome life's challenges, setbacks, defeats, and triumph in the end. My guest today has triumphed over adversity, tragedy, and unimaginable loss. Hearing her reflect on her journey towards service and healing, give those who hear her story a renewed and an inspired sense of purpose, grounded in her shared resilience. And we know if we were to choose one word that sums up 2020, it would be the word resilience. She's turned her tragedy into triumph while transforming the lives of others at the same time. I'm excited to share with you today a dynamic powerhouse woman who is changing the game as a public health professional, Miss Angela Frazier. She's a speaker, a mental health influencer, and author of a kid's book about suicide. And she's my sorority sister, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. Angela received her Bachelor of Science in Health Sciences and Communication from Portland State University. She also holds a Master's of Public Health and Community Health from the UT Health School of Public Health. And if that wasn't enough, in 2017, Angela founded a nonprofit called Sisters in Public Health to connect all women in public health. And that's not all. But I will wait and allow her to share some of the things that she's doing truly to impact women and kids really across the globe. So with that, let's welcome Angela to the show. Welcome, Angela. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I've been so looking forward to this today. And, you know, just in our recent conversations, I just left so inspired just by who you are and what you're doing um, to impact people's lives. And I, you know, I felt like this was just a timely opportunity to have you on the podcast to talk a little bit about what you're doing, because I think as a public health professional, specifically working in the areas of mental health awareness and things of that sort, that you could help my audience out tremendously. Because as you and I both know, 2020 has been what? A mess. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Okay. Okay. And so anything that we can do to really just kind of protect our mindset, focus on, you know, the word I think of this year and probably for next year is going to be resilience. And I know you are a resilient leader and I know it's been forged. Over time, and so I just love to have you talk about things that you're doing in that space. So, just you know, you and I know each other. That said, you're my sorority sister as well, and I've just watched you as an undergrad just blossom, and and really, you were already blooming where you were planted here in Portland, and you just sailed off into the sunset. You left us here in Oregon and went to Houston, and. Okay, you did not not let any grass grow under your feet, your feet, ma'am, as they say in the South, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? You just kept it moving, and I've just been so inspired by your journey, and I know my audience is going to be as well. So let's just kind of launch right in and just give the audience an opportunity just to learn a little bit more about you, your background, where you're from, and who are some of your biggest influences growing up, Angela?
1: Yes, thank you, thank you for having me. So background I am from Portland, Oregon, uh, born and raised for the most part. Um, I did uh, uh, go to school a good amount in Vancouver, Washington, and later in high school, I actually moved to Vegas, Nevada. I did do my undergrad, I did, I did come back and I, I did my undergrad at Portland State University, where I got my bachelor's in health science and communications. As far as the influencers, you know, I think naturally. Uh, your parents end up kind of being those big influencers when you're younger. I had young parents. My parents had me when they were in high school and I, I just always felt like they were so young and cool growing up.
0: I love that. <laughs> yeah. So got you. So a lot of fun in the household is what it sounds like. <laughs> yes,
1: yes.
0: Good deal, good deal. So when you think back on your experiences growing up and you know we've talked about your parents being huge inspirations for you and really helped shape you to who you are, you know, to be who you are today what stands out for you as a defining moment that really kind of helped you find your roar and release your roar? Yes. You know,
1: well, that's a good question. I think I found my, you know, my roar, I don't know if I want to call it later in life, but you know, when I was 24, I ended up losing my mom to suicide. And that was a huge reflection period for me. It shaped a lot of things. It made me dive into that action. Interesting enough, it, it, you know, led to a lot of opportunities and uh, relationships from there. It, it was something that um, I, I never imagined my mom's passing to lead me to where I am today, but it it has shaped
0: really my adulthood. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that at a young age or at any age, wow, I'm, you know, I'm a little speechless because Losing a mom is just so difficult and losing a mom at an early age, right? That in and of itself, right? Just is life altering to your point, so to speak. It's something that, you know, at a very young age, you just, you you, you start to try to compensate for a loss that just is so tremendous. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, during that time, because many of us have faced traumatic experiences. And we often just fold, you know, things can be so devastating. We just crumble to our, our knees, right? And when you have a pain that's paired with the tragedy so great of a loss of a parent, it's easy to lose sight of our promise. It's easy to lose sight of our purpose. And so what role does mental health care play in dealing with that trauma? And how did it help you, you know, navigate such a tremendous loss at such an early age?
1: Yeah, so for me, I felt like mental health came in, you know, really heavily. And it does for a lot of us with traumatic loss. So for me, it was losing my mom to suicide. For many others, it's molestation, you know, at a young age, you know, rape, n- neglect, or even abuse. So there are all these things, yes, that I feel like play a huge role in just kind of shaping us in those unfortunate traumatic experiences. For me, uh, when I got that phone call when I was 24, I was actually at work at the time. I was working for Bradley Angle, a nonprofit in in, in Portland, Oregon. I was doing their grants and communications writing for them. And I was just really, you know, deep in the domestic violence world in regards to just kind of grant writing. I never... Did expect that that my life would kind of turned into someone who was advocating for these causes around domestic violence and and suicide awareness. But in that last year of my mom's life, you know, she was experiencing a a domestic violence relationship, and what I saw from my mom from that isolation, you know, as one of those signs that that we see when someone has and you know an, an abusive partner, just that a different demeanor and. All around, just a a different relationship I was starting to see my mom and I have, which is was so foreign because I grew up, you know, mainly under my mom's roof, and it was it was always uh, the two of us for the most part. So this was a completely different experience, and ultimately she did take you know her own life. Uh, But for me, it was very important to talk about both of those topics. I quite honestly, in the beginning, I. I shied away from talking about the suicide. Uh, that first year, that was not something that I wanted to discuss. It, was, it felt embarrassing to me that my mom, who always felt very strong and was always smiling and was always happy and had nice things in life, I didn't even know how to explain, the, you know, this is what ultimately happened. It was, it was easier to put the blame on on, on someone else. Throughout this time, it's it's really helped me to navigate the, the conversations and to bring more awareness around both suicide and domestic violence.
0: Gotcha. Now, I know just in our conversations, I mean, we, we, we talked about the closeness the type of relationship that you you have with your mom, right? I mean, you guys are really just best friends in so many ways. And you mentioned that, you know, after she passed away, you know, just the whole grieving process that you went through. But you highlighted something that I think you found a way to kind of keep going day by day. You mentioned that she left something for you. She, she left a message for you. And, and how did that message that she left for you really kind of start to turn that pain, and to purpose, if you can talk more a little bit about that.
1: Yes, 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 yes. The, you know, right before my mom had passed, she had wrote me a letter, and um, I had actually attended this leadership conference, a Rotary leadership, you know, uh, program, so to say, for a week, and uh, she wrote me a letter prior to, to going to it, and, and they, they read it at that conference, and um, it had said in there that you are unstoppable, and it stood out so much to me. I mean, she said a lot of great things in in that letter about how I never, you know, let anything stop me, and I, I've always kept going. And how she admired my outspokenness. My mom almost more, a little bit more quiet than I am, a little bit, you know, a little softer approach, I would say. But she mentioned just, you know, how much she really, you know, admires that. And she just said, you know, she kept saying that that last year that you're unstoppable and, and you can do anything. And I really have taken that. And I feel that like all the way through with anything and everything that I put my hands on, I'm like, you can do it. You can, you, you can do it.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. I mean, just the, the inspiration that, you know, she provided for you, right? The belief that she had in you that you could achieve anything that you wanted. I know you continue to use that as your North star in everything that you do. And I know you've worked very hard to find ways to not only honor her legacy, but also, too, to to really help try to save the lives of other women who might have suffered from domestic abuse or who may, or not just women from a suicide perspective, but for anyone that may be struggling. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done to really just kind of keep her memory and legacy alive, but also, too, to really try to transform the lives of others.
1: Yes. So one of the things that we started, so my mom passed in August 2016. And we opened up a shelter named after her, the Tammy Best Emergency Shelter, in October of 2016. So not long afterwards, and we had women moving into those shelters in October of 2016. So it was a very quick turnaround, great leadership from Bradley Angle. Since then, we have, we do a yearly Mother's Day event for those women that are staying in the shelter. We do serve people from all different communities, the LGBTQ community uh, specifically. And however, when it comes to Mother's Day, we are always, you know, really wanting to pour into the women that are in the shelter because we know when moms come in there they are so often worried about their kids. You know, they're they, they are, they're so often worried about the back to school and the Christmas and how do we, you know, make Halloween normal although we're in a shelter. And so Mother's Day is that is that holiday to love on them.
0: I love that. I love that. And I know that is something that you continue to be passionate about and continue to support, even from Houston, right? <laughs> yes. You galvanize the Portland community to, to even support. And so just appreciate that connection that you've even shared with the sorority. So talk a little bit about some of the steps that you recommend others take to find their way through tragedy to hope to triumph, right? What are some things that you can recommend others do when they're trying to navigate pain and the suffering that they're going through, but to see their way forward to the next step? What are some things you might recommend? Well,
1: I love that. I love that. Thank you for asking that. So, you know, my very first one, and and it has been a journey for me even doing this, but. Surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, it sounds it sounds really simple. We forget how how much friends and family sometimes even can can drain us, right? And we find ourselves giving, giving, giving. And after losing a mom to suicide, it didn't matter if they were family or not. If it wasn't feeding me, if it wasn't a healthy relationship. I really felt like life is just too short for me to be unhappy. And I had to really protect my mental health. Something else that was really important to me was finding a therapist. I have done the one-on-one counseling as well as group settings. I've gone to groups that are specific to someone who has lost someone to suicide. Uh, That was super important for me. And then last is letting go of anything that was not in alignment with my core values Mm. there's a step before that finding your core values right right yes you know but for me that was really really big was figuring out what those core values are and it made it much easier to say no to things or people that were not in alignment
0: wow I love that. Yeah, I mean, I hear you say find community, find a support system. That's going to be important to help you now because there are probably going to be days where you're up and days where you're down and you need a community to kind of help you through. And I heard HEAL, you, you talked about finding a therapist, maybe resources that really can help you through that, be a sounding board through the process. And then core values, really understanding who you are, what you want. And making sure that you stay true to that and all that you do, because those are things that are going to feed you from the inside out, right? Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love that. Absolutely. And I think another thing that that I know that you do is you appreciate everything and everyone and all that you do. And you really try to let go of your story from the perspective of sharing it, right? (laughs) Sharing the story of loss and resiliency. And, you know, triumph, hope and healing so that you can, I'm sure in that process of sharing with others, it has become more healing for you along the way.
1: Yes, very much so. I have found myself in conversations with people uh, that I would have never had expected, you know, that have reached Mm -hmm. out and say, you know, hey, I'm hurting or I'm struggling here. Or, you know, my dad has attempted to take his life, you know, just so many things that surround mental health. Uh, I feel like it's opened up. A way bigger network. It's opened up so much dialogue. I have shown a lot of vulnerability here with, you know, talking about such a tough topic to talk about. But with that, I feel like my networking and connections and support system has has grown and they have really appreciated that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think your story has been a source of healing and hope for so many other people, to your point. You just never know who you're going to touch. I mean, I just see you kind of letting your grace and your light flow and really just kind of be be that beacon of hope for everyone that you meet. You know, every person who has that encounter with you, you see it as an opportunity to ensure that they leave your space or the time with you a better person. So I I see it all the time in you. So
1: thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Yes, And and most recently,
0: when you say that,
1: talking to different people about it as well, is I allow for conversations to happen in a very non-judgmental way. I've had people say without knowing, like, oh, someone who takes their life is an idiot. They're stupid. And I don't allow that to hurt my feelings. I ask questions like, well, why do you feel that way? And have you ever struggled with your mental health? Have you ever felt suicidal? Have you ever not wanted to be here? You know, well, there's people who have experienced several things around neglect and abuse that they've held on to. From five years old to forty five, and it's heavy. That burden's heavy, mm-hmm. and everyone can't can't carry that weight. You know, all of our resilience levels are different than the person next to us. But to put labels on people, uh, such as crazier or selfish, even I don't think any of those things of my mom. I know that she was truly struggling, and that she did the best that she could do for as long as she could do, and. That's how it turned out for her at the end, and it, it is unfortunate, but her life loss has led to so many other conversations, and I really feel like so many other lives saved
0: absolutely, I believe that as well. I believe that as well, and I know you know you you never really get over the loss of a loved one, especially a mom, but I know that you intentionally take steps every day on your journey to heal, right yes. With your heart your soul. And so talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done or in the journey, right? And I know in that healing journey and the steps that you've taken, you've really just also been laser focused on impacting people's lives. I mean, I'd love for you to talk about Sisters in Public Health, you know, something that you've done on your journey to heal. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, one thing that I do is
1: I do a yearly retreat. So I do a goal retreat kind of affirmation, self-care retreat. At the end of each year, it really launches me into next year. I live a very purpose-driven life. I'm always thinking about what's next, whether that's the development of Sisters in Public Health, joining a board, a book that I most recently written, which I'm sure we'll get more into, affirmations. And so there are just different things that I feel like have really helped me. For sure, that that retreat brings out the goals and affirmations that I have set for myself the next year around just saying, like, this is what I'm putting into the atmosphere. This is how I'm going to feed myself this next year. And, you know, mm-hmm. some things that I say, there's a list that I have. It's like, this is what I want in a partner, you know? And I I read stuff like that over and over. I say things out loud to really manifest those things for myself.
0: I love it. And I know you draw your sources. You have many sources of inspiration, but you and, and your mom still being one of your biggest today. There's someone else in the music industry I'd like for you to kind of talk a little bit about who that is and how they inspire you.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. So I am so, so inspired by you know, P. Diddy. i huge, huge fan. He has changed his name from Diddy to P. Diddy to, P. Diddy to Puffy to Sean Puffy Combs. I mean, it's, it's across the board with him. But he has this one video where he is like, you know, kind of closing this deal, I want to say almost with M T V or someone of that sort. And he gives off the phone and he is just in this uproar of just saying, like, I'm a savage, what's next? Give me what's next. I can do anything. There's nothing that I can't do. And it's just it reminds me, it brings me back to that unstoppable feeling where he is just so hyped. He is just his energy is next level. And it I can I can watch that at midnight and I will be pumped up. Like I have to like get myself down off that high horse because it is so much positive energy and it just reminds me that like really i what's next you know like i when i especially as i check things off those goals you know my goal list i'm like i'm so ready for the next thing or i have this awesome you know day or i finish my day with a podcast like this you know i'm like oh what what's next like this this is yes i can do it you know i love it
0: i love that right i mean really we manifest our destiny not only with our actions, but our actions are really driven by our words and really what we believe we can accomplish, right? And so I just, I mean, I just love that. Talk about reflection on what you want and how to go get it and then speaking it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Wow. And so, I mean, talk a little bit about that inspiration and that motivation and, and what led you to start Sisters in Public Health. Yes.
1: So Sisters in Public Health first started off when I first moved here. There's inspiration behind it, just simply being a part of my sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and, you know, being involved and around women that are phenomenal. So when I moved here to Houston, it was only four months of my mom had just passed. And so I really needed that support and that network. And I really wanted to create something that uh, women could, you know, lean in together and talk about self-care, talk about mental health. And, You know, I didn't actually register it as a student group, but it almost turned into this like honorary student group here at uh, UT Health School of Public Health in Houston. And from there, it turned into socials after we all graduated, you know, continue to stay connected. We end up developing a scholarship that benefits those who are getting their master's or doctorate level degree in public health. And from there, you know, just developing it into a nonprofit, and our vision is to connect all women in public health. It really is about advancing the next generation
0: of public health professionals. Wow, I love that, and I love that, you know, you guys found community and you found strength in your community to navigate the health profession. is an amazing profession, but I tell you, I have some nurses in my family. I'm like, I will be an engineer all day because that is hard. Yes, yes, I'm <laughs> so, sure. I'm sure you guys were uh, up late many a night yes. um, studying that community made the difference, right? <laughs> yes,
1: it really does. It really does. And, and, you know, many of us have moved different places. And so we also have a Chicago chapter now and others are developing. And it, it's awesome. It, it's, it's really great. It has connected us with, you know our community is now over a thousand members, and it's, it's been it's
0: been awesome. That is fantastic. I mean, a woman with the purpose, you know, unstoppable girl on fire. I mean, you are just I'm loving Thank it. Right? You. It's all about how are we improving the lives of others around us, and that has certainly been a common thread for you for quite some time. So I want to talk a little bit about this quote. I really love this quote by Helen Keller. It says, "All the world is full of suffering, it's also full of overcoming." And I love that, right? Because it's saying that, yes, there's suffering, there's challenges, but it's also full of those who have found a way to overcome. And it's a word that you mentioned earlier. It's about resilience, right? What makes some people more resilient than others in your mind? And how can we summon up resilience if it doesn't come to us naturally? You know, I, I have to go back to the support system.
1: I always say I am who I am because of the people around me. I am surrounded in in love. I am surrounded in a awesome support system from my sorority to my family to my friends. I've really had a great system and I I think that's really where you get that from. It's been my experience also just those positive affirmations that speaking, you know, positive over yourself that 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 manifestation, that making sure you are giving yourself your best.
0: I love it. I love it. I mean, I think the the biggest thing is really in terms of what you're talking about is just tapping for one, you, you've got to get grounded in community. Yes. Right. You can't do this on your own when you're going through different things. The community is going to be super, super critical. I think, you know, a couple other things. I just had another person who I know you would love on Vicki Mueller Espinosa. And we actually talked a lot about this topic of resilience, right? And really how can we navigate these times? And, and one of the, the first thing that she said was you've got to build your community. You've got to seek support, right? You really have to take care of yourself to be able to survive through some of those, those tough times because they're going to come. How do you start to do that? How do you stay focused? How do you stay flexible? How do you build those relationships to kind of help you navigate through the difficult times? And the other thing that she said was really focus on things within your control. Okay. Oh my God. And I know yes. you would agree with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, can probably, you can talk a lot about that, right? Yes,
1: <laughs> that is a word. Oh, that is, that is so true. Focus on what is in your control.
0: Yep. Yep. And so, I mean, I, I think, you know, reaching out to others, making sure you, you're you prioritizing those relationships to help you get through to your point, you know, I would say to your point, invest in self-care, which you've done, right. And you continue to do um, because that's most important. You can't give out if there's nothing in the tank, right? Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: completely. Absolutely. <laughs> that is, that is so, so, so very true. And that's the biggest thing that one of, well, that was one of the drivers for Sisters in Public Health is we are, as public health professionals, you know, in the healthcare field, we're often giving, giving, giving. And we have to take that time to stop and fill ourselves back up, you know, con- to continue to be a service.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, you know, as I said, you know, you are a woman on fire on purpose. And your purpose is really to impact people's lives. And I know 2020 has taken us all on a wild ride, Yeah, for sure. And it's been kind of up and down with just some of the environmental conditions that we've had to deal with. But in spite of that, you know, many of us still persevere and really, you know, stay focused on our goals. And you've been doing that. I know you've enjoyed some major successes and some major victories in 2020. And one of them involves Oprah Winfrey. So can you talk about that? Yes, of
1: course, of (laughs) course. So I wrote a book. I I wrote a, a kid's book about suicide. The same day it was announced, Oprah actually announced on her favorite list of items for 2020, highlighted the company, the awesome books that they have for kids, and you know, for me when I when I wrote this book, it was always a dream to be an author. So yeah, so for starters, that was always something that I really, I really wanted to do. And when I lost my mom to suicide, it took a while, but I started seeing, I started looking into the you know adults, and then I started seeing oh, it's people as young as teens, you know? And from there, I said, okay, well, if kids are taking their life in middle school, then where do I start? And I said, well, in elementary. And so the purpose of really writing this book is to talk to the kid that one, struggles with suicidal ideation, or two, has lost someone to suicide. And, you know, our kids know the, these words these these tough topics they know about suicide they know about sexual abuse you know the the company highlights specifically these tough topics that sometimes as adults we shy away from having these conversations with kids because we're you know and you know being careful when really right they already know of at minimum the word, and we just have to help them navigate these conversations. And so this was this was a huge huge thing that I've always wanted to do, and then just to have you know Oprah's blessing, so to say, and just bringing so much exposure to this company, you know that actually is founded in Portland, Oregon, and and has really really awesome authors right out of our own city in our own backyard. It, it really was and still is a dream come true. And it has really been awesome. I, I have nothing but great things to say about a kid's book about, and I'm super thankful that they have, you know, really launched this, this company to really bring tough topics to the forefront of conversation.
0: Absolutely. I mean, my gosh, I mean, Oh, you know, every, every year we all wait for Oprah's favorite things, right. That's going to make her list in her book. And so, you know, when you share with us that you, we all just started screaming like, oh my gosh. It was, just, it was such a proud moment for all of us because we knew there's no doubt in the world in our minds that you were just going to change the world, continue to change the world. And then, you know, to really put this together to your point, these are really tough topics. Yeah. But I love that you said we as adults, as parents, as aunts, as uncles, we're getting asked these questions. And what you've done is you've empowered us with the right tool to have the conversation in a way that is easier. It gives us the right talking points to be able to help them navigate their thoughts at such a young age. So I just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, super proud of what you're doing. And you're right, the company is right out of Portland, which is just fantastic. But I hope that everyone gets the book. And like you said, there's a series of books, whatever the tough topics are as parents, as aunts and uncles that our our kids are are experiencing, there's a book about it, right? And I think, think, yeah, because I saw it through Oprah. I mean, she's got the whole suite of books that she's put her stamp of approval on her and her team to say, hey, listen, this is a tool that you need in your toolbox, especially because I mean, when you and I were kids growing up, I mean, gosh, I'm just... We never had to deal with these things, not in this way. Right, right. At all. And so maybe tell me a little bit about, you You chose your audience and I totally understand why, what has been the reception? And obviously you were talking about this before you put it in a book. Is there maybe a, a story that you want to share with us that if you'd be so kind, that really kind of speaks to what really even motivated you even the more to put this together. Was there a young boy, or a young girl that you had an opportunity to talk to where they had the questions and it really just kind of transformed their thinking around the topic or a parent that came to you? I'd love to maybe hear a story around that. Yeah, you know, one of the things was, so, you
1: know, I'm my mom's only child, but my dad has three other kids, one a year younger than, excuse me, than me. And then there are two youngest siblings. And I remember at the time that, my mom passed, they were in elementary. And I remember my telling my, my youngest brother at the time that, you know, you know, cause he came to the service and, and he asked what happened. And I told him that my mom had taken her life. And he said, why would she do that? It was so fresh, so fresh. Him asking me that the day of her service. And I didn't have an answer at that time You know, it was, it was new to me. I was digesting it still, but I knew that I needed to bring words to, to why and how, and just the signs and, you know, the risk factors and things of that sort. Another, something else that really stood out to me was that my cousin lost a classmate in eighth grade. And, you know, seeing that, it was happening so young. I said, Oh, I have to, I have to address this topic. Like there's, there's no way that I can't. I believe that I'm the person that can get into the classrooms. I feel like I have like a great rapport with, you know, counselors and principals and, you know, those that are, you know, my age and I can feel like I can communicate to, you know, kids and, and, and their language of, you know, what this is and why it's not, The
0: right answer. Right. Wow. Absolutely. It's definitely not the right answer. Thank you. So, you know, I want to go back, right? I mean, because you have always been, you know, like I said, just a purpose driven young woman. And I know that even the more after you lost your mom, just with her inspiration, even her making certain that you knew how she saw you, right? That you were an unstoppable force. And so, if you could maybe go back in time, if I may, to the days and weeks right after you lost your mom, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? And then for our listeners who may be suffering a trauma or loss right now, what are two or three actionable steps, first steps that you think they can take to start finding their way through and overcoming the hardship, the loss, and the pain, and really doing what you did, finding a way to transform that tragedy into hope and triumph?
1: Absolutely. So what what I would tell the old Angela back in 2016, I feel like I would tell myself to be kind to myself. I am, we all are are, are our own Mm worst
0: critics. I I know I'm
1: not alone in that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, you are. I'm right there with you, sister. (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: I believe, I believe it, I believe it. When I lost my mom the way that I did, I have a lot of questions. The why for sure is something naturally. And I wish that I could kind of go back and, you know, say to myself that it's okay that you don't have those answers and you may never have those answers. And that's, that's okay. I, I felt like I searched for answers for quite some time. And it wasn't until I started going to these support groups that are called uh, survivors of suicide and they're, they're all, they're all over. Um, I I Mm -hmm. attended, you know, some back in in Portland and I tend some here in Houston. And when I shared my thoughts, you know, I wasn't alone in those. And I think that's the other thing is just knowing that you're not alone. We oftentimes think that we are, but we are not. There is someone who has a, if not, Almost the same, you know, very similar story. I most recently received an email from someone who had a connection with Bradley Angle, just like I did, and they just happened to come across the book. And when they were reading up on me, they realized I had a connection to Portland. They're from Portland. They also lost their mother to suicide, but never had met anyone else who had lost their mother to suicide. And as we were communicating via email, I said something very simple and it was something along the lines of you're not alone and we have a different journey that we're traveling and she emailed me back and said I've been searching for we for years I I can't believe you just saying we are on this journey took me back and she was like in that in that exact moment I felt like I'm not alone and she's like I felt like that forever and that's, that's so common. What it's just, it's so common that we, cause we, we bottle things in, we're not always talking about them. And so we think we're the only ones dealing with it,
0: but we're not. Powerful. Powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so to that point, right. I think in that case, she began to, to seek a little bit of, she didn't know what she was looking for, but she found you. Right. But she was willing to kind of start to kind of follow the trail and it led her to you. And so to me, that, That's the first step, right? I mean, if you were to say, you know, a couple, two, three things that one can start to do to find their way, you talked about earlier, the importance of finding a community of support. That'd be the first one, I'm sure, right? Yep. That's,
1: yes, absolutely. And then, you know, I would say that counseling, that counseling, the therapist, a support group, those were very, very important for me on on my journey. And actually, you know, I would say in 2020, I didn't, I didn't fare well in, Connecting with my therapist and connecting with my support groups. And when I did my goal retreat, I said, okay, all right, 2021, we're back in the support group because Mm -hmm. as much as I talk about these things, which is, which is a part of the healing process. I truly feel like every opportunity to speak on a suicide awareness and domestic violence is very healing for me. But then I have to also make sure that on the back end, I'm taking care of myself. And You know, I would say that goes into the next thing is making sure you're incorporating that self-care. We forget to love and pour into ourselves, like we were saying earlier, you know, with that that empty cup. We find ourselves in caregiver roles, you know, whether it's to our kids or our partners or our friends. And I'm sure you, or work, you know, and you you find yourself getting back home and you're exhausted. And now... You have skipped over your meditation. You skipped over that glass of wine or that, you know, your favorite show. And, and, and the day has just gone by. And it's day after day after day. We're pouring into others and we're forgetting. And that's very draining. So definitely, definitely that incorporating that self-care.
0: I love it. I mean, I, I, your first thing you said, you know, for yourself is to be kind. And, and, and what I also like in that, too, is extend yourself grace We extend grace to other people. But sometimes we don't ascend grace to ourselves, right? <laughs> right? So spot on. and, I, and what, what I also hear you say is, healing is a journey that really never ends. It, it's what it, I mean, it, it just, it's just a reminder that we think, okay, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to have five sessions, and we're done. But what I hear you say is even leveraging you're on a platform where you're transforming lives by sharing your story, and these are very tough topics, right? Because it takes you back to the loss that you've experienced. And so in that, I hear you say, you still go and get replenished and nourished. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you've given out and, and because you're you're reflecting on some hurts that are still deep. And so I think that's thank you for saying that, right? Because it's tough. Yeah. Yes, you've overcome and yes, you're, you know, on purpose, but you still need to have that community of support and have someone to talk to to navigate the pain that still exists, right? I think we think we're one and done, but I hear you say that's not the case, right?
1: Exactly. It is, it is hands down a journey. And as I talk to people and, you know, people ask me for recommendations around therapists and counselors and things of that sort in their area, you know, it challenges me to also walk the walk. Like I'm talking it and I'm having these mm-hmm. conversations. And sometimes I have to check in. And I said, okay, you, you, you know, recommended this for a friend or, you know, a loved one. And mm, when's the last time you, you, you went to your, your therapist? Said, okay. Okay. Cause you know, <laughs> your therapist needs a therapist and I don't have the skills yes. of, of a therapist, but I, I, I say that all the time. I'm like, that is something that's so important as someone that is an advocate for mental health. I do have to check myself and, and my friends, they hold up the mirror. That's I don't, we say that in our sorority I have a ton of good sorority sisters that have friends here and they challenge me to say I post mental health Mondays and I may actually just it's funny. Sometimes I complain about the something that I posted and they're like, Did you did you preach your mental health Monday
0: this week? Because <laughs> No, Okay. <laughs> okay right. you posted, but did you really know? <laughs> right,
1: you know, and, and that is, that's the type of people I surround myself with. Like we hold each other accountable. We are holding up the mirror to each other. And we're like, hey, girlfriend, like this is, you're not in a healthy, you're not in a healthy place or you stayed here for a moment. And I'm a very big advocate on, I will not stay stuck. I don't, mm-hmm. it. I'm not, I'm not staying stuck. One of my awesome mentors told me that when I went through a, a difficult breakup and she always said it to me on our conversations, do not stay stuck. And I, that resonated with me. And I, I, something I carry as well.
0: So you talked about, you know, one of your mentors and, and friends says, don't stay stuck. And you you got that right. You got to, you know, I was just talking to someone the finding Nemo movie, right. And Dory says, "Just keep swimming, just keep swimming." Yes. <laughs> right? So talk about maybe one thing that you do when you're feeling like you're stuck. How do you get unstuck?
1: <laughs> yes, you know, I, I say things to myself, and, and one of them is feelings are temporary. I tell myself that all the time, because there are there are days, and I know we all go through them, where we are disappointed by somebody. Uh, it's typically somebody. <laughs> Or sometimes it right, is something, right. but it usually is incorporated with the person, and I want to react, you know, I want to call, text, whatever that looks like, right, and I tell myself, these feelings are temporary, these feelings are temporary, and I kid you not, if I say that to myself long enough, I, I say all the time, I say, you will wake up tomorrow, and you will not feel this way tomorrow, but if you do wake up and feel this way tomorrow, if you go to sleep again, you won't feel the way, this, this way the next day. And I will say that to myself every time. If, I, if I'm staying stuck in something, you know, for for, for three days, I always tell myself, yes. do not react in that emotion. And I kid you not, one of the days I will wake up or maybe it's at the end of one of those days. And I'm like, you don't even feel that same way. You don't, you don't feel that same way that you felt two hours ago or two days ago. Feelings are temporary.
0: I love that. I mean, you're so right. One of my friends, my coach, that I've had for some time, talks about don't let your emotions outweigh your intelligence. Ooh, really yeah. what you're saying Yes, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Emotions are data, not directions, yes, right?
1: Yes.
0: and that's what you're saying. So powerful. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, listen, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> as you know, we could, but what I want to do is I'm going to end with the lightning round of questions. But before I do that, I'd love for you to tell my audience, how can we stay connected with you? I mean, you are a true source of inspiration for me, right? Just a, a young woman, like I said, who doesn't let grass grow under her feet because you are on mission, on purpose, on assignment. And I love looking at your posts. I love listening to your, you know, your talks because it's, it inspires me to keep going. And so I want to make sure that my audience stays connected with you because you're talking about some great topics, suicide, mental health awareness, but also just pure inspiration in terms of how do I go pursue the things that I want? So how can we stay connected? with
1: you? Yes. So the best way is via Instagram, which is Angela Nicole underscore F. My website is Angela Nicole com, And Sisters in Public Health is sistersinpublichealth.org, dot but you can find all of these things on my Instagram again at Angela Nicole underscore F.
0: And I also know that you, I mean, clearly a phenomenal speaker, workshop presenter, motivational speaker. So, audience, if you need someone, give her a shout. You will not be disappointed.
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: Yes, yes. So let's wrap up with a little bit of fun, even the more. So I'll say a word or phrase, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. What's your favorite food? French fries. <laughs> Girl, okay. Hello. (laughs) I love some french fries. That probably for me qualifies as my guilty pleasure, but what's your guilty pleasure to (laughs)
1: Uh, You know, reality TV. (laughs) I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. Okay. Definitely can be a source of humor, to say the least. Yes. Right? (laughs) Yes. Okay. What's your maybe your favorite book or a book you're reading right now?
1: You know, one of my favorite books is What I Know for Sure by Oprah, actually.
0: Love that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, you know, I know we were just talking about how we're both night owls and we're always working on something. So I don't know if you ever get an opportunity to pick up a Netflix show, but what's your favorite uh, Netflix or maybe uh, your Netflix addiction? Yes, Netflix. Marry at First Sight. Oh, my gosh. I've heard a lot of people say they love that. I have not gotten into it, but OK. <laughs> yes, I, I
1: love it. I love it. It's good. <laughs>
0: Awesome. And I know you love to travel. So, what's your dream vacation or what's next on your list once we can get out of this coronavirus situation?
1: Oh, the Bahamas, Atlantis.
0: Hello. I love it. I
1: love it. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I, I did Atlantis. Well, you know, I, I did a cruise and one of our stops was, you know, when you cruise, you only get to be there all day. And I stopped in Nassau, Bahamas. And I spent a day at Atlantis and I remember seeing that like on TV when I was a kid. And I was like, one day I'll go. But it was only a day, but it was the best day ever. And I said, when, for my 30th, I have to go there. i turn 30 next year. And listen, so sure, COVID or not, I'm 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 going to be in the Bahamas. <laughs> I know that's
0: fun. <laughs> hey, mask, facial, whatever else you got to put on, you said, but I will be there. Okay. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> I love it. Well, I tell you, I just, again, want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for just being a, a friend, a sore, but more importantly, a true source of inspiration. So, you know, I'm behind you 100% and uh,
1: you. cheering you on
0: every step of the way. Love you dearly. Thank you. Love you, too. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of ROAR. Tune in next time for more awesome talks with people at the top. Don't forget to subscribe and share, so you're the first to know when our newest episodes are available. Until next time.